Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We are back to domestic business after a terrible weekend in Europe. But why not drown your sorrows and look forward to the Pro 14 with a crate of beers from our friends at Beer52. Get yourself on beer52.com forward slash thistle and sign up and you will get 10 beers sent direct to your door. You'll get a magazine that will tell you all about them. This month, they're from Portland, Maine in the USA and a snack as well. That's beer52.com forward slash thistle. Get yourself 10 beers. All you've got to do is pay for the postage and packaging, £4.95, and that is 10 beers worth 24 quid. What an absolute bargain. Get yourself on beer52.com forward slash thistle. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We've been away for a couple of weeks and all hell has broken loose. Glasgow have lost their head coach and their latest game in the Challenge Cup. And it's just all going a bit nuts in Scottish rugby. Plenty to catch up on with the lads. Alan, how are you, bud? Champions Cup. Yeah. Did not, I get it wrong? Not straight the Challenge out of the Cup. Gate. Yeah. Straight out of the gate. They're still unbeaten in the Challenge <laughs> Cup this year. <laughs> Matt, you're there as well. How are you? I'm okay. You know, the... The winter's coming in. Scottish rugby's not looking that great. The Sonians are top of the Super Six. You love to like, see it's, it. You know, things aren't looking that great. But it's, a, it's a dark winter. I, it is, you know. The pipeline's coming um, through as well. Watson's in the final of the Cup. School's Cup again. At least Jumal are in the final of the Cup, so that's, that's giving true. me some encouragement. We um, will see that. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming back and joining us. We are going to be covering off loads and loads of news and then looking back to the European rugby at the weekend. Uh, thanks again for keeping in touch with us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram, Thistle Unstruck Rugby Unstruck Pod, and in the mailbag, which I'll get into a little bit later, the Thistle Rugby at gmail.com. I know it has been about a week since it was announced, but we're going to start by talking about Dave Rennie confirmed as Australia Rugby's next head coach, going to be heading down there next summer. And Scotland's forward coach, Danny Wilson, is going to be taking over at Scotston. Lads, Thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it seems as if Dave Rennie was going to go probably at the end of the season somewhere. Yeah. Um, Chatley is maybe going to go to New Zealand um, and Australia has been mentioned and clearly having Scott Johnson as the director of rugby there, I don't know what you call it, um, calling the shots and recruitment, uh, increase the likelihood. Um, it's, it's a shame, obviously, because I think he's, he's done pretty well at Glasgow. But I, I do kind of feel that last year's final maybe summed up that he might have taken the team as far as he he could yeah so i didn't think sort of refresh was that bad an idea but i do think that danny wilson is a bit middling alan yeah i mean it's a bit weird i think danny wilson in general's got some pretty massive flack from 
Scottish fans, and fairly, because the Scotland pack has been admittedly quite rubbish yeah. for the last year and has been bullied in a lot of games. But then actually, when you look at a lot of the Welsh media, they seem to be very positive about it. Yeah, and, and, and you need to remember as well that before he came to Scotland, he had been lined up as the Wasps coach. Yeah. Um, so, and then he got bought out of that contract, obviously. So, and, I mean, he did, like, the, the Welsh regions are operating under, like, pretty terrible financial constraints, and he managed to win the Challenge Cup with, um, with Cardiff. Yes. So I, I think, to be fair, actually, when he was first announced as Scotland forwards coach, we were probably quite optimistic. Yeah, yeah, thinking like no, this guy's a bit different. He seems to have a pretty like interesting track record. But as you say, in the last year or so, the evidence has really been in his favor. Yeah, um, like any of the other coaches. Um, and I don't. I, it kind of seems as if it, it must have been planned. Or as soon as the SU found out Rennie was leaving, um, they they sort of made moves. But it does just seem a bit rushed, rather yeah. than sort of saying right, okay let's give ourselves to the end of the season and we can, you know, put it, put this job out and see if there's other interesting candidates. And I, I, once again, as well, if you're like so happy with having um, Wilson as your Scotland forwards coach and he's only been there a year, like pulling him out right away seems like a bit of a knee jerk reaction. I wonder if it was a sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink when he was about to take that job at Wasps and they're like, come on, come into the national setup and, you know, they kind of knew that Dave Rennie was only signing a one-year contract at Glasgow anyway. Yeah. Maybe mm. it was a sort of wink to Wilson to say, hey, look, do the Scotland job for a year and then we'll, we'll set you up at Scotson. I guess there's thing, I don't know why announce it straight away. I don't know what the benefits are because like, ultimately it does just give, that, give the outsiders a feeling that it's a bit of like an old man's club. Yeah, close shop. Jobs for the boys, especially as that soon after the Rugby World Cup. And then ultimately, you know, it's not, it doesn't really make a difference to the SOU planning if they offer the job in if three months or now. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's not as if Dave Rennie's leaving like tomorrow and they want yeah. to say, right, let's get a coach in right away so we don't have that uncertainty. Imagine Scotland get absolutely pumped in the next, five, in the Five Six Nations game. Well, we were, we were talking about it before, like the overall reaction has probably been quite similar to what we've just said around the table. Yeah. And the fact that you had Ryan Wilson coming out in the press and, or tweeting, I can't remember, but saying, oh, come on, give the guy a shot. <laughs> I mean, clearly the reaction is getting yeah, back to the players and everything. Yeah, not, and I wonder not. if around Glasgow, the guys who've been involved in the camp, I don't know what, maybe they do think that Dan Wilson's pretty great, but I think quite a few people would kind of go, what, really? Well, I think- yeah. I think there's a way of looking at it where you can see that Glasgow have been on an upward trajectory probably for the last decade almost. And, you know, Rennie was kind of like, he was a huge coup after mm. Vern. Massive. It was him and then Cockers. And you thought, right, this is the way Scottish rugby is going. And for Glasgow in particular, he was the guy that was going to take them to that next level. Mm. So I wonder if those players that have been through that look at Wilson and think, actually, is this now an appointment for us to plateau? Are they, have we done mm. all the growth that we're going to do as this group? Yeah. I also think there's kind of that, that area of we, we've heard that one of the sort of aims of Super 6 is to bring through young Scottish coaches um, so that you don't have the situation where you're paying someone like Dave Rennie yeah. one of the highest wages out of any, you know, SRU staff. Uh, I'm not saying that there was a young Scottish guy sort of ready, but I don't know, if you're someone like Kenny Murray or you're even someone like Jason O'Halloran yeah. who's been through, kind of is doing, has done like a bit of a similar career path to yeah. Danny Wilson now you kind of be like well what's there's what's been, the point there's been, Kenny Murray's an interesting one because there's been a bit of sort of chat because when Dave had to go I think it was his daughter's wedding last year and Kenny Murray yeah. stepped in when Dave's yeah. not been available mm. as head coach and there's mm. always been a bit of noise made about that he's got a little bit of profile it felt as if maybe he was yeah. being lined up because that's a great story coming from Air to Glasgow to mm. To then be the head man would have been great, but maybe he wasn't that, quite there. Yeah, maybe he wasn't. I mean, I think it clearly Glasgow, and we'll talk about it later, but without having recruited properly in the summer, I think they're going through a bit of a rebuilding phase. And I think actually if you did bring in someone like Kenny Murray, then, I don't know, it sort of it shows that progression. It shows someone who's like steeped in the culture and you can kind of start afresh with, yeah. with a younger guy. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, maybe it's he isn't, he isn't ready, but I think it could have been quite an encouraging appointment 
I thought they might have gone for you've got Nathan Hines and Richie Gray both at Montpellier. I think Richie Gray's is he not um, is he, doing American football stuff now? Has he moved on? But it feels like you know they they are at least some Scottish coaches that have been coaching in quite yeah. kind of high performance mm. setups yeah. for a while. I guess I actually feel a bit bad for Dave Rennie because I think ultimately he was sort of brought in, and I think it was like look, Glasgow have done really well. This is like the next jump up, but ultimately he's been operating with a weakening squad for yeah. the last two years. Yeah, the squad that he got was probably weaker than the year before, and it slowly got weaker and weaker. And I appreciate yeah. that, you know, player wages are going up, like blah, 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 blah. But I don't think that the SRU have been willing to invest in that squad mm. to the level that is going to allow someone like Dave Rennie to take that team any further. I think losing to Leinster by less than seven points in the Pro 14 final is actually a massive, massive achievement mm. from that squad. Yeah. I think we'll come on to the recruitment discussion, yeah. but I think that that money that was freed up by Hogg was basically already spent before Hoggy had left on your yeah. upgrades of contracts for lads that made Horn, Hastings, and Horn Sam Johnson, Nick Gregg, these lads that all stepped up to the um, to the Scotland level during that time. Fucking hell, Johnson and Greg, greedy bastards. <laughs> Give the boys some cash back. God, let's, buy a, let's buy a second row or something, come on. Well, this chat about Sale getting Nakawara. Yeah, yeah I, I know, know. I know. Yeah. How much money have they got? They've got like six incredible second rows. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's gonna, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to come well. out. Yeah. Yeah. Nakarai Limited. Owned, the guy who owns them as well is like, there was the brother of the Take That Yeah, singer, Jason Orange. Jason yeah. Orange. And he's like a bit of a weird like wheeler dealer in like Manchester. Owns a lot of small to medium sized businesses. Yeah, it's a, a lot of hiding places in oh, the business yeah. empire. Oh, SME yeah. cash business. Lou <laughs> Diego definitely owns like a trucking company. <laughs> <laughs> Hollage. Well, speaking of high wages at the uh, Glasgow, um, rumours this week, Hugh Jones is looking for a move back to uh, Western Province and the Stormers. Rumours that we're not sure might have started with us. We're not sure. <laughs> We were suggesting that he's, he's, a, he's a very good international player who costs an awful lot of money. Yeah. And to have him sitting not even in match day 23s mm. is not a good way to run a rugby club. No. Um, and then some reports appeared in the Afrikaans press that the, the Stormers wanted him back. Um, and then that got picked up by a couple of people as well. From what we understand, the Stormers is, not, is unlikely. Mm. But yeah. There's an awful lot of confusion. Nobody's sort of saying, is Hugh Jones going to work his way back into the Glasgow team or is he looking for something else? It's, it's a very interesting situation where you've got a player of that quality. And I think we've said on this podcast a number of times, versus the other centres, he's played at his best at a higher level than any of them. Yeah. Turned yeah. in performances that yeah. none of them else could, no one else could. And it's just a bit of a shame to see him getting no rugby. Well, especially considering, obviously, the SRU did a good job bringing him over. And then he's since signed another contract when there was chat of him maybe going to Leicester. Yeah. So you presumably at that time, maybe that was a bargaining chip, but he's going to be on a decent wedge. I think that the SU is one of the only organizations that can bring over someone like Hugh Jones and attract them somehow. And then, you know, he's like a traveling reserve. <laughs> and it's it, not, maybe I mean, it's not, maybe I mean, it is genuinely fair, like... Hugh Jones has turned in some, a lot of poor performances over the last six months. I get the sense, though, that it's, the issue is actually more like at training and his attitude and that sort of thing. We don't really know that. Oh, I don't know, but I, I get that sense that... I don't really think he's had a lot of games over the last six months. No, ex- exactly. Yeah. He's only played once in the last six weeks and he's been fully fit yeah. at a relatively weak Glasgow which, team. Which makes me think that it is his attitude and the other aspects of well, being a professional. What we've had from conversations of people in and around the Glasgow court is that it's about defence. Yeah, and verse, relatively versus that midfield of Johnson and Grigg, Rennie thinks that Jones isn't as good a defender. Yeah, see Nick Grigg's attempt to tackle and Jack Noel. I was going to say, yeah, I, I, to be fair, I thought Grigg played pretty well. Um, so yeah, we will work out. See how that one comes out. Yeah. You've got a bit of a theory though, don't you, Alan? I do have a little theory. It's uh, obviously Joe Marchant, who's the outside centre for Harlequins. Yeah, has signed for the Auckland Blues on loan for the yeah. second half of this season. So he'll be off to Auckland probably like January, February time. Mm. I think Hugh Jonesy's missus is down south. Yep. How did you know that? 
I've heard from you. <laughs> not, not, not through sort of voraciously following her Instagram. Oh, come on, don't be weird. Um, it, I just think it makes a lot of sense. I think Harlequins are the sort of team that there's not really got many other centres who can cut the line outside of Joe Marchant. I thought when he went on loan talking blues, it was a bit of a weird move. Maybe it just might be a matching of circumstances. And Remember Harlequin signed that partnership with the All Blacks as well? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if that's part of it. You know, potentially. A player exchange or something. But doesn't seem to be anyone coming the other well, way. Well, yeah. Um, and so if they've got that gap, you know. You can maybe get them on a sort of subsidized wage deal as well. Say we'll pay half the wages. Exactly. Yeah. And compared to probably what you're paying people in the premiership, you're like, that's pretty probably quite cheap. great deal. 100%. Um, as you say, we just I feel like he is too good to not be playing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's exactly you know, regular it. games of rugby. It's going back to the point. I think it's looking at it through the lens of Scotland. You know, and ultimately for Scotland, whilst we do actually have quite a lot of good centers coming through, and Rory Hutchinson and Mark Bennett both had a good start to the year, no center in the last five years has performed at that level for Scotland. England at Murrayfield 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Australia at Murrayfield 2016, yeah. 2017. Yeah. Like both tries Yeah, absolutely yeah. unreal. Mm. So, you know, we just don't have enough players to be having someone like that wasting away. In the bloody stands in Exeter eating a bacon pie. Like, <laughs> this lad un, needs un, to be on the field. Un- unverified. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously unverified, but that is what he would do. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Hugh Jones to Harlequins. So um, remar- remember the 25th of November. That is when we said it first. Um, other news coming out of the SEU. Scotland have had their fixture list for next season confirmed. Um, they're playing two tests away to South Africa in the summer and then going down to New Zealand, which we knew about. And then at Murrayfield in November, they've got Japan, Argentina and New Zealand again. So that's 11 fixtures, lads, plus the Six Nations. It's big. How many games are Scotland going to win out of 11 next year? I think four tops. Do you think four? I don't know. I think four is... I think, par, I think it's a par return. I think four is par. Four par being... But who are you beating in that four, though? Argentina, Japan, Italy have got to be... You've got to be looking to... Especially Argentina, Japan at home. And then obviously it's Italy away. Italy away. Where, where's, think, where's your other one coming from? France, France at Murrayfield. <laughs> and then I think those are your, your three. But then you've got to be at least picking off one of the other seven. Or eight, but, sorry. The World Cup has revealed that we are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> France away are also terrible, though. I've got a feeling France could be quite good. I think France at home, I've got, um, Wales away. Sean Edwards now. Sorry, are the, the two defense. are the two games that you want to? You should be aiming to pick up at least one a win in one of those games. We literally have not won in Wales for well, I've just, like twelve years. I've just spent ninety five pound on a ticket, <laughs> so I've got a I've got a dream. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I think it could be it could be it could be a three win year, and there's, we're saying Japan. Japan's Italy, really... Italy away in the current like Scottish rugby climate is not the same as it was within the last two two or three years. This time next year, <laughs> zero from eleven <laughs> Scotland rugby in the absolute oh top, including ninety points to the All Blacks in like in cargo. <laughs> Danny Wilson, head coach of Scotland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not sure, not sure what's happened. <laughs> Andy Robinson, assistant with yeah. Matt Williams. Matt Williams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good lord. Look at you. Zero from eleven is a possibility. It's a it's a thing. Look at that. It was one of my first thoughts. I think, I think if you get five, you're like, this has been a great year. Five would be unbelievable. What, so you're picking off one of New Zealand? <laughs> no, you're. Win- I think you're winning Wales, France, Argentina, Japan, and Italy. Yeah, and then you try and pick off South Africa away for one of them. <laughs> Ireland, Ireland aren't that Ireland good. Ireland are in transition. Ireland are in transition. Yeah. Wales are in transition like, as well. It's might just be me. I just don't think South Africa are that good. <laughs> <laughs> Overrated world champions. We, we actually South always do okay against South Africa. Uh, we yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I think we've got more chance of being South Africa away than we do New Zealand. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we've got more chance of being New Zealand away. Really. South Africa just played like 10-man rugby and we were fold. With New Zealand at least, like they kind of sometimes play into Scotland's hands because it's going to be an open game. 
Yeah, no, that's true. And I guess looking at like the fitness level of the Scotland players, like up at like three thousand meters altitude, like John Barkley in the third minute just vomiting <laughs> on the pitch, and you know for a fact that Gordon Reid is going to answer an oh SOS call. <laughs> Anyway. What a man, Gordy Reid, saving, uh, running into a burning house. And saving a burglar? Saving a guy or who then the, ran away. The potential <laughs> arsonist? I think Gordy Reid saved the arsonist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... That- what other explanation is for the person in the burning house just running away? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. It's completely I bonkers. Gordy Reid's such a great guy, though. He, didn't, he then went back in to look for people, couldn't find anyone, came out. And then went back in a third time. He's with his four-year-old daughter. He's like, Daddy, please don't go back into this burning house. And he's like, look, I'm doing it. It's, yeah. it's one of the maddest stories. We'll put a link to it on our Twitter if you've not seen it. Um, and then you see the video of it. worth checking out. Being given oxygen Ox- yeah. by yeah. the fireman. Glad he thought that was the right time to take a video of it. <laughs> yeah. He's his own hype man, though. Yeah, like, yeah, generating he's, his, he's, generating he's his own coverage. Himself. I said, he's... He's it, transitioning into retirement. He's looking for those big deals. He could he's be getting his name out there. To be fair, I think he's the spokesman for every single air commercial partnership that is being launched so far. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't think he's got another sort of like that's fair side job at the moment to playing for the Bulls. There you go. But fair speaking of the Super Six, another yes. So Matt, do you want to take us through weekend? another great round in Super Six round three? Uh, I don't have the scores in front of me. Okay, should I take you? Through I thought them? you. I thought you had them. I I've got an annoying them. like three match reports it that don't really was, tell you the scores. So Friday night, Boromir Bears getting their first win of the campaign, thirty-four thirty-one against Harriets, and then Saturday, Southern Knights still looking for their first win of the campaign, going down twenty-nine ten at the Green Yards to um, the Ashbills. And Watsonians storming ahead, three wins from three, 34-22 against Sterling County at Myerside. They came back from quite a long way back to uh, be leading the Super 6. Mm. Alan, you were watching a bit of it. You seem to, seem to be impressed. Yeah, I did. I, I actually think the Super 6 coverage, like the live coverage that they, I was watching on YouTube, is pretty good in terms of, I think the commentary is pretty good. Like, they've got replays. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite impressive. Which, which they have a scoreboard, which when you compare to the European Challenge Cup coverage, appears to be a step too far for <laughs> European rugby. So, you know, I, I actually think it's pretty good. I think getting it on YouTube is, is great because um, you just get as much kind of reach as possible. Um, and actually, I know we've been saying, I think it probably is a slightly higher level than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think... Um I think what I was slightly surprised by is how evenly matched it seems like all the teams are. Um, yeah. and every match has been pretty close. Uh, I, I didn't think that Sterling and Barmier in particular were going to be as strong as they have been. Um, and I think probably Southern Knights have been the slight disappointment. The fact that, yeah. you know, looking at their squad, they had a couple of pros. Well, I had Jason Baggett lining up at 12 at the weekend. You think he'd make quite a big um, impression. But I, all he seems to do is get charged down by Stafford McDowell for a try. <laughs> um, I think it's it's still the teams are still trying to like figure out who their best sides are. So I think, for example, because they have the big squads, I think Harriet's have basically said for the first three games, like we will play effectively like a different starting fifteen because he wants yeah. to give yeah. every single player you know a full eighty. Um, but no, so far I think it's been it's been pretty good. And all the uh, attendances are yeah. sticking up at that sort of fifth, well, round about fifteen hundred, but that bracket between a thousand and fifteen hundred mm. people, which is is pretty decent for club rugby, and certainly yeah. a step up from yeah. where they were. And I think if the if the the product continues as it has been, with every game seems to be pretty high scoring and like fairly close, that yeah. it's it's hopefully not just those kind of one off um, the novelty factor of the of the Super Six, because um, obviously they still are competing with a lot of other rugby that tends to be at the same time, like Edinburgh on, again, on Friday night. Yeah, which um, I think, I think is, is really silly. Watsonians yeah. moved their game again uh, to accommodate the women's match against Japan. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Which is good. A little bit of joined up thinking there. <laughs> yeah. You'd hope that there can be more of that. Sadly, the women lost. They did. Last I know. Very I know. late try from Japan. It's a shame. 
My one, and I've, I've mentioned to you guys, and it's not particularly interesting, my one issue with Super 6 is the BBC are putting coverage and putting articles, yet they can't put up the results or a table. <laughs> yeah. So I can see what the results are in Tennant's Scottish National League 3. Yeah, you can check on the Ardross and Aki score. But... Yeah, but I can't see what the Super 6 <laughs> score is. Like, it's, it's just, it's, so, it's quite small, but generally for people who just want to check in and look at the results, BBC Sport is like a very key Yeah, resource. oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also want to say, comments underneath the Gordon Reid article, A, Godwin's law applies where ultimately any discussion will end up in racism, which it does. And that's, then that's not what Godwin's law is. It's not Nazism. Hitler. Hitler, yeah. The Hitler, Hitler gets yeah. brought up. Could somebody of, talk about Hitler? I think it might be called no, Godfrey's No, it was like well. illegal immigrants. But, you know, that's like... What? I think, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, there was one of the comments that came on from a guy called Herpes Free Since 2003. <laughs> He's just written, this has PR stunt written all over it. Oh, Saying Gordy Reid set a house on fire to put up a small video on Twitter. I certainly do. PR because stunt. Because her, Herpes yeah. Free Since 2003 said it. I mean, how he big sounds it, reliable. How big would it be if it came out that Gordon Reid had set the house on fire just for like... It was PR the, slash insurance stunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of Same sense. insurance on someone else's house. Oh, yeah, the guy that ran away. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's in on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he Alleg- managed to run away. I couldn't get him. Never Alleg- seen again. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly an arsonist. A lot, of, a, lot of rum- a lot of rumors we've been chucking out today. Yeah, we've been pretty rogue on a Monday night. Um, well, we will keep up with the Super 6 and Gordy Reid's um, criminal exploits uh, in the weeks to come. And then school rugby? Yeah, school rugby. So semi-finals. Um, who did Watson's beat Edinburgh Aki? Like 40 on them. Yeah, yeah, comfortably. I thought it'd be a closer match. I think Aki's already beat Watson's. It looks absolutely this. bouncing. I follow like the Watson's uh, like Twitter feed and they had yeah. uh, like the, the grandstand was pretty much full really? at my side. Friday Night Lights, schoolboy rugby. Yeah. How good is that? It's too good. Stu, right. Stu Mal put up a video of their players getting piped onto the pitch to Highland oh. Cathedral. And <laughs> it was like, there's, there was those games, I think, there's nothing quite like it in terms of like people being up for oh, when you're for like matches 16, when you're 17 age. years old. That is the uh... yeah. The the only negative is the fact that I think Stu Mount Watsons have been in pretty much or like the majority. Yeah. at least one of them have been in the final Stu for Mal last Watson, like Strath and Murky. Well, last year Murky against St. Al's. but I think Watsons and Stu Mount have been in the semi final like consistently for like yeah ten years, and I think because. It was Mar that Stumel played in the semi-final, yeah. and it was a Mar. It was kind of like a bit of an Ayrshire oh, um, composite. Yeah, composite. Um, and the fact I think they'd beat a few private schools on the yeah. way, and it was sort yeah. of like, right, this is this is interesting. Like, it could be good. <laughs> and they lost fifty-nine nil. Yeah, um, and it's the fact like those teams still can't break through. I think is the only. It's a bit of the albatross around the neck, and that. I think the only times it's been it was Bell Baxter with. Um, yeah, Pete Horn, Chris Fazzaro. Pete Horn, Chris Fazzaro. Yeah, when we effectively were a long fight. time ago. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think they, I don't know how they do it. Um, they've always been having these conference systems, but if you could get like Stirling County and Air and Barmuir, like they're good Sunday teams yeah. in it, then I think that would. Which is some of like borders select. Yeah, exactly. Because ultimately, it's just the best players are all just too spread out. Yeah, across different yeah. schools. And when it gets to that stage, I think I know Watsons do. It, I know Murky do. It, I know Strath do. It, they just pay people's uh, yeah, yeah exactly. they, lift, they lift people out of schools and yeah. bring them in purely on rugby scholarships yeah. Watson's such dirty cheap yeah. bastards I wish we'd been good when I was there that's what, I, that's what <laughs> happens to me though I, you I, wouldn't have played I know exactly yeah. I would have been a very good fan though. <laughs> um, so yeah I think we're going to come back it's not until next Wednesday I think final yeah, at, I think so. at Murrayfield yeah. uh, so we might do a wee preview the big mm-hmm. the showdown Watson yeah. versus Stu Mel. Um, so we'll be back chatting about that next week but I think you can get tickets for it it's next Wednesday get down support the lads damn right uh, right we'll go on to talk about European rugby just in a second after a word from our friends at Find a Player Sorry for this very brief interruption to some great Scottish rugby content but we just wanted to send a message from our friends over at Find a Player It may be September and the rugby season is well underway, but organizing your games can still be a bit of a nightmare. 
Get yourself onto the App Store and download the Find a Player app. The Find a Player squad management tool makes organizing a breeze with features that help you to tack numbers so you don't lose count of who's in and out on your WhatsApp group. You can rate your mates after you play them. How good is that? And you can pick teams based on player skills and fitness. So get your squad out of the WhatsApp group and run your team through the Find a Player app. That's on the App Store, Find a Player. And if you use the special code, which you'll find on our Twitter page or in the show um, description of this podcast, you will be added to a group of fellow Thistle listeners. So you will find the best and smartest people in Scotland to add to your team. That is the Find a Player app. Get it on your app store now. All right, so... Glasgow versus Exeter Chiefs, 34-18 to Exeter. Glasgow went in at halftime, 13-10 to the good. And then some moments of madness, shall we say, in the second half where their um, flare instincts got the better of them. They were trying to run it out of the 22 and Exeter just did what they do best. Lads, a disappointing day out for Glasgow, do you think? <laughs> any f- any thanks for that analysis, that? mate. Do, do you know it was slightly grinding my gears? Is well, not really, but Dave Rennie, you know, Glasgow Warriors sent out this email on a Monday that has kind of a match report and then also has like comments from the coach. Yeah, he's put. We talked about kicking smart at halftime. Did you? Because if you did, you didn't fucking do it. Did you? No one was listening. <laughs> Literally, we didn't kick, or when we did, it was terrible. Like. I guess going back, first half, one of the best first, probably the best half of the season for Glasgow. I know. I think Glasgow did a very good job. I think they were up against it, and Exeter, I don't think, played particularly well in that first half. No. But, you know, maybe Glasgow weren't letting yeah. them. But I, I think, in particular, um, Hastings was putting a lot of control on that game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, first 20 minutes in particular. Really and I actually just think the way that Glasgow clearly wanted to starve Exeter of the ball, and a lot of that came through some nice attacks in the backs. I thought the backs yeah. looked pretty good, and it, it, that was the way of relieving pressure and, and gaining territory rather than maybe you know, just just kicking. So, yeah, it, it was certainly impressive from, in, in that respect. I guess an interesting thing to just note is Glasgow, and I know these stats don't make a game, but Glasgow made more metres... More passes, more runs, had more possession, had more territory, more clean breaks, more defenders beaten, and more offloads. Won every single line out and lost one scrum. In the whole match? In the whole match. I don't know if... In the second half... That came... Oh, in fact, yeah. So there was a point until I think about the 70th minute, the second half was 0% territory. In the 22. In the 22. In the 22, yeah. 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 Um, Wow, I, I wouldn't have thought that. I just, yeah, it, it was just the fact that straight from the kickoff, you take the kickoff, got a bit of secure ball. You're maybe not in the 22, so you have to maybe... I would understand it if you pass it to Ryan Wilson, who actually thought I had a decent enough game. Yeah. Um, or whoever, and they do a carry, even if it's you know Chris Osara getting the ball and basically just falling to the ground. Because that's all him and Harley fucking did all day. Yeah. But you're like, right, secure the ball. Glasgow pass it to Nick Grigg, who then does an inside ball to Scott Johnson off the first phase of the second half. Scott Johnson? Yeah. Um, uh, Sam Johnson. That's another. What, what are you doing? Yeah. And then they managed to get the ball back, and you're like, okay, right, you got away with that one. And Hastings and Horn, it was like they, it was like it was a training game, and it was like, you're not allowed to kick. Yeah. Like, they were yeah. trying their hardest to find a way not to just kick the ball. They couldn't. Think they, they couldn't work out how to kick smartly, so they were like, "We're not going to kick at all." <laughs> They're like, "Dave should have put more meat on that bone." Like, not, just, not just like kick smartly, lads. I want more details. Yeah, and it was kind of even after they got that first try down, there was another point where they tried to run from deep again. Yeah, coughed it up, and then and then after some um, kind of a couple of phases, Jack Noel made his break, and then Sam Simmons went in under yeah. the post. I, I felt it just for that sort of like mad. 10, 15 minutes, there's a complete lack of leadership. Yes. And just, you've got two young halfbacks who, you know, aren't often in that position of like having to control a game against, you know, yeah. one of the better teams in the competition. Yeah. Particularly George Horn. Surely it just takes like, 
a Wilson, a Harley, Fazaro, guys who've like played over 100, almost 200 games Glasgow to be like, right lads, let's just calm things down, like make a few exits. George, just put up a box kick, like just relieve a bit of the pressure. The one thing I will say about George Ron is I think, again, he was just not getting the protection. Yeah, the, the, the ball potential, uh, presentation at the back of the ruck was... And, but insecure. The, the forwards at the ruck were getting hit, and just it was getting like yeah, disrupted yeah, yeah. and really yeah. messy. And I agree, he, you know, that's not going to happen to a Connor Murray. Mm. All right, that's not going to happen to even yeah. like a Ben Spencer. But the thing but, is, with with someone like George Horn, I, I think kind of the box kick isn't that difficult to coach. Surely, oh. I don't know. I, I just don't think it's that difficult a skill. Yeah, it's like it, it, compared to compared to what the other things that a scrum half has to do and what George Horn can do, he can do things that you can't coach. So surely you you can get someone to come in and work on his box kicking game. Yeah, yeah. Because all you have to do is kick it like fifteen twenty meters and make sure it's kind of contestable. Yeah, and especially when you've got people like DTH and Seymour in that back three who are so strong in the air, it feels like that should be a weapon for Glasgow. Yeah. Um, but then it, it maybe comes back to the fact that most of the games that George Horn, for instance, has played for Glasgow have been in the Pro 14 against like Zebre and yeah. Yeah. the King. Those kind of teams where Glasgow can, can win and win comfortably by playing high tempo game and he doesn't have to sort of worry too much about managing the match. Yeah. I mean, it's just annoying because that, that 20 minute period... I don't think Glasgow. I generally, I don't think Exeter played that well. No, I, I completely agree. And I actually think if Glasgow had played smarter and played like they did in the first half, I honestly think you know at least a losing bonus point. But you could have been close to going mm. for the win in that match. And actually, it was just really poor game management by yeah, the team I, for about fifteen minutes that blew the game. Yeah, and I think particularly with Exeter, like you know, they do have. I think increasingly some of those kind of um, like game breakers. Yeah. Like a Jack Noe in particular. Like whenever he gets the ball, he makes something happen. Henry Slade, now you've got Stuart Hogg. But apart from that, they're pretty workmanlike. Like 100%. if you can get a bit of daylight between yeah. you and them, which is easier said than done, and they've got to chase a game, like that's not their style. And I, yeah. I agree that Exeter just sort of put pressure, capitalized on mistakes. Yeah. Um, took their opportunities, but didn't have to get out of like third gear, I didn't think. No, not at all. They're um, still a pretty impressive machine, to be fair. It doesn't really let up for Glasgow. They've got Leinster coming up this weekend, and then uh, oh, La Rochelle is their next game. La Rochelle look absolutely dubbed it. <laughs> La Rochelle have lost it. They're Did so you see them against Sale? Oh, they're rubbish. <laughs> okay, so maybe they've got Leinster up this weekend. <laughs> but yeah. still, going away to La Rochelle is yeah. going to be... But, but what I was using that as a very classic bridge into was to discuss about the squad depth required to perform mm. at a high level like this yeah. for Glasgow um, Graham King on Twitter who is in charge of recruitment for the pro teams is it SRU led and what are they doing um, Absolute Ultra Kevin Miller has given us the Glasgow squad depth table do you think Glasgow have done enough recruitment in the last 12 months to you know turn over the squad and put themselves in the position to repeat quarterfinals in Europe um, this year? I mean, to, to answer the first question in, in terms of who directs it, I think it is a mix of the SRU and someone like Dave Rennie. Yes. But I get the sense from the way that Dave Rennie's spoken about because obviously a lot of fans during the summer have been pressing for signings, particularly someone to replace Stuart Hogg. Yeah. And I think, you know, Dave Rennie's been pretty patient in his answers, but... I think has revealed that he's been operating under certain limitations. Yeah. And I suppose with the SRU, it's sort of like you want value for money. You ideally want Scots qualified or people who can become Scottish. So if Dave Rennie maybe comes with a shopping list of mainly capped Kiwis, yeah. you know, he might get shot down a bit. Maybe they gave him like an inch and he got like Masanga and the Nuke and they were like, you are not, bu- you're not buying well, any true. more players. That's you true. Trusted. Yeah. They're, they're bloody waste of money. Um, um, who knows? I mean, Sayuli could be a really good signing. Yes. Um, it'd be interesting to see him come in. But I, I, I don't think they've strengthened that squad at all. And I think that losing Russell Hogg uh, in particular, 
I just don't think there's been anyone that they've managed to recruit that comes close to that. And maybe they just can't. It's just the yeah. limitations they're operating under. I just feel for like how they want to play sometimes as well. They're still playing like they have Hogg at 15. Yeah. And, you know, Johnson is pretty good distributor, but he's not great. Mm. Outside of that, amongst the centers, kind of fullbacks and wingers, none of them really are particularly good distributors of the ball. Yeah. So you kind of end up like when you're ch- chucking out wide, it's either not like going to ground or we're just not able to actually get the ball out quickly. Mm. It's a lot of quite slow passing. Yeah, I feel like Van der has not been at his best this season. Maybe that's because they just haven't really been able to get him into the game. Yeah. I thought Kyle Stain looked pretty good when he came on. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I don't know, maybe slightly surprised that he wasn't starting on the wing ahead of Tangibe, for example. Yeah. They seem to really, or Rennie seems to suddenly really like Tangibe. And I could have got it if he was like ripping up Premiership rugby, but that's never something that's really. I think he's been like a good performer, but yeah, not even to the extent that someone like George Horn a couple of years ago, yes. you know, who would have been scoring like tries every single match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think just in, in particular as well that I think Glasgow were crying out for um, like a back five forward who could provide more physicality. That's what, I was and I just say, think yeah. I think that. Those guys I've mentioned, like um, Harley and Fazaro, fair enough, Fazaro only was starting because um, Gibbons, Gibbons had to yeah. pull out. But they're just, they're lightweight. They always have been. And they're guys that you can have as good squad players, but aren't don't have that sort of quality in these big matches. Yeah. If you look at that number eight depth chart, Matt Ferguson, who I think has had a pretty decent start to the season. I thought he was one of the best performers. Yeah. Adam Ash, he's been playing Super Six. And yeah. Bruce Flockhart, who's, who's also been playing Super, super six. six. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of a, a perennial Scottish problem, but I think once you scratch beneath the surface of a starting 15 at Glasgow, you are there's a big drop-off in quality. Mm. There's a few people being like, oh, well, that's who, this, that's what this jail vaca lobo Oh, the Fijian guy, yeah. Fijian guy is going to bring, but, I mean, he's like played like NRC yeah. sevens. And you kind of look at his highlights and like, he's not a guy carrying in the tight. He's like carrying the ball in one yeah, hand out in the wide yeah. channels and like chucking it over his head. Which I'm all for. Well, yeah, there's obviously time and place for, but yeah. I don't know. It, it just feels like, I don't know, we were talking about it the weekend, like go to the Curry Cup or the ITM and surely you can find like, so you can sort of get like a Moneyball type signing from one of those teams at least. Honestly, Joran Talafua was like, he was made for a Glasgow Warriors contract. He's going to and Leicester. Now, and he's now at Leicester. Yeah. He, I think he would have been... Yeah, he would have been so good. Perfect. Oh yeah, just go to like the Sharks and pick up a Dupree or a De Jaeger or like whatever they're called and just... Yeah. It's a massive lad. Yeah. Because it just would... You know, they are there, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if though with the money that's sloshing around the Premiership and the the top 14 and even Pro D do, yeah. that they just mop up all those guys. You look at someone like Kitsia at Ulster. Yeah. He is exactly the sort of player. He'll be in big money though. I know. Where do, how do all the Irish provinces have so much cash? It's like uh, Munster getting like Deolandi. Yeah, I know. And who's the other guy? Saffer, was it not? can't remember yeah anyway yes Glasgow need more depth Snyman Snyman oh what? Could, yeah Snyman he'd be horrible he is like horrible. Jo- Johnny Gray against Snyman <laughs> what where's Johnny Gray is he coming back oh he's, yeah he's SRU mandated rest I think he might be back for the Leinster game I think they said he was going to miss the first two games of Europe so Leinster are really good yeah, they are actually. I think that's, well, you saw known. That I think that's well known. They are, <laughs> yeah. they are really good. Yeah. No, but I, I think overall there's, there's is a sense that Glasgow have been on this upward trajectory. They've got to a certain, they've maybe like uh, stuttered a bit. And there's a chance that they're going downhill actually with without, you know, the right investment and support from the SRU. Yeah. And I think it's just optics as well. I think when you look at, you know, Every Glasgow fan is screaming about a back row. And then you look over at Edinburgh <laughs> yeah. and you're like, right, wait a minute. So you've got Jamie Ritchie, you've got Bill Matter, you've got Hamish Watson, you've got John Barkley, Crosby. You've got Magnus Bradbury, and you've got Crosby. And then you sign Haining 
and you sign that yeah. Kunavalu guy yeah. as well, Kunavulu, whatever his name is. You're like, mm. wait, what? <laughs> exactly. And it feels like even someone like Luke Crosby could, all, you know, in terms of looking at the whole, both teams. And they signed Sam Thompson and they signed Murray Douglas. Yeah. What? It is on short terms, though. But yeah, Glasgow could, I don't know, would be crying out for at least one of those kind of players. Like, Haining even has been pretty good for Haining's Edinburgh. Haining's been very good, yeah. Haining yeah. feels like exactly the sort of player Glasgow <laughs> needs. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine you could kind of get him on the cheap. Yeah. And he's Scottish qualified. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's not good. Something's, something's afoot. It's not good. Maybe we can only. Maybe that's the way the SOE operate. We can only have like one team on an upward trajectory <laughs> at once, and now they're just going to be like, yeah. right, Edinburgh, it's your time to have a good few years. Glasgow, just have a fallow period for a while, <laughs> and then they put both teams aside, and we just spend all the CVC money on border reavers. They last yeah. for four years, and then they die. Yeah, yeah. thirty-five million done. <laughs> thirty-five million. That was one of the uh, the, the questions. Dodson Arena. Yeah. <laughs> That was one of the questions on Twitter was with the CVC money slosh. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Watching around, what should the SRU spend 35 million quid on? This is, you know, the whole third pro team is like, yeah, it'd be great to have one. But ultimately, there is zero locations in Scotland that make sense for a professional Scottish rugby team outside of Edinburgh and Glasgow. I, I don't care what you say, Aberdeen does not have no. the innate interest in Scottish yeah. rugby to start a team. Borders just doesn't have enough people. So in one place, in one place, yeah. I think it's going to take a long time of either building the game in Aberdeen. I don't know. I think you would really need like a financial backer to make it work in the borders. Yeah. Someone who's willing to underwrite losses for quite a while. Yeah. You know, Sterling is generally very small. Like, yeah, we actually well, did get to the stage where we were I, I looking at populations of towns in Scotland. I, I think, yeah. I honestly think Ayrshire is like the best. I honestly think the Ayrshire Bulls is almost like your best bet because Ayrshire, as a county or whatever, has got like three times the population of the borders. Mm. Yeah, and don't really have a strong football setup, unlike your Aberdeens and Dundees and etc. Cumbernauck in Ayrshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or you kind of go for broke with London Scottish. And I know it's a difficult one, but I think that has the best opportunity commercially. Are there more Scottish people living in London than there are living in, you know... We discussed it at the weekend. Oh, yeah, shit, we did. We were having dinner, weren't we? Yeah. Quite pissed. There's like 150,000 pe- Scots living in London. Quarter of a million. Same, about the same size as Aberdeen. Quarter of a million less. and probably the type of sort of income, you know... The, and probably over-indexed towards being rugby fans. Exactly. I was trying to put that in a delicate way, but yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, obviously, it's, 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 that'd be a pretty big decision to make. There'd be a lot, <laughs> a lot that needs the, to go the, into the that. The issue with London Scottish, though, as well, is they don't own their ground. Yeah, I know that, and there, there's also the point about them not getting English Academy credits. But I think surely, if they're you, owned by the SOU, that comes out in the wash. You'd have yeah. to, you'd have to surely. The only way to run it would be to pull London Scottish out of the England League system and put them into the Pro, Pro 14. Put them yes. into the yeah. Pro 14. Oh, they're one hundred percent. Which I think the Pro 14 would be very keen I think on. The Pro 14 would very keen love on. a franchise in London. Yeah. No. Yeah. Great. And I think you. Would, I actually think you, it would work. You probably get good attendances because you get a, got a lot of Welsh and Irish expats who probably love the fact that like Leinster. Or Cardiff yeah, or exactly. Munster are playing in London. The more we talk about it, yeah. I, 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 I think if they own the ground, 
it's a no-brainer. Who does own it? Richmond. Richmond. And Richmond take all the like the bar takings and everything. Oh, we can surely sure. come to an accommodation. Well, I'm just lads. Uh, surely. Is anyone at Richmond Rugby Club? Come on, we're going to broker this now. Yeah, let's buy it. Let's buy the athletic ground, Richmond. <laughs> I've heard property prices in Richmond are really to put low. Well, that's so the notoriously yeah. cheap place <laughs> yeah. to, to buy uh, to buy property. Yeah, as we said, the Jim Jim Ratcliffe back London Scottish. Yeah, I know. Although, there Although he, he had an interview at the weekend talking about owning a football club, and he was like, ha, I would never invest in a sports team. He's, he owns, I thought he he owns nice. nice. He bought uh, Nice. Yeah. <laughs> there was chat. I'm pretty sure he was, he was, he was, he was looking that. at He was looking at buying Newcastle United. There was chat that he was looking at, he, he said he would pull his investment out of um, the Ineos cycling team if it came out that they were doping. And uh, everyone was like, was. they clearly are <laughs> having doping. <laughs> when are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I also saw today that the owners of Atlanta United have taken a 10% stake in Aberdeen. What? <laughs> and it made me think it was like a succession thing. <laughs> yeah, they've accidentally got the wrong team. They've accidentally bought Aberdeen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, look, if anyone who's listening wants to buy London Scottish and make them a Pro 15 and wants to put us in charge. Mm. Very, very interesting. We could do that. I'm ready to go. We've got some experience that may or may not be relevant. (laughs) But we can discuss that. We can discuss that in negotiations. When the time comes. Um, Shall we talk about Edinburgh versus Bordeaux very quickly in the Challenge Cup? 16 all. Edinburgh 13-6 up at half time. Pretty disappointing in the end that they didn't manage to close that one out. Yeah. I mean, the Bordeaux team is pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously, what they were 13-6 up at halftime. Mm. It's kind of hard to know what the score was at certain points, because it was like Friday <laughs> night, and I was kind of like doing some stuff with dinner. I had kind of like Sturgeon in the background. <laughs> and then you'd look at the screen, and as I was saying, there was no score. Yeah. But the person who was holding the camera every 10 minutes would just pan onto the score <laughs> and hold it at the score for a sort of 10 to 15 second period. Yeah. And then obviously there was no commentary. So Was it just one camera? One camera. No replays <laughs> or anything. I mean, to be fair, it's better than nothing. Barely. It is, it is better than a kick in the teeth, but it is like quite difficult to watch. The and Challenge Charlie... Cup games used to be on like Sky and BT. Yeah. What, ha- like, what happened? Well, only some of them. Sky weren't Are none of them on it anymore? None of them are on the BT. I there mean, some quite entertaining, it's a crap tournament. There was some quite entertaining... Until you get to the knockout stages. Like, I'm not saying it's not crap, but it feels like in the contract they should at least make it so BT have to show. Like Just just put it on the BT Sport app. I, you again, don't need to put it on the channel. We're constantly whoring ourselves out for gigs here, but if you want us to commentate <laughs> yeah, on know. Edinburgh and Glasgow games, and Edinburgh games on the yeah, we'll yeah. BCR, we'll do it. Not for not for free, but we all do it. We are, we are, that's our problem. I mean, we're price, cheap. We're not free, but yeah, we're, so we're cheap. Outside the market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a bit a bit annoying because obviously Bordeaux. It feels like Edinburgh and Bordeaux are the two teams that are going to be going for this group, and you know, to get this win at home against Bordeaux just puts them in a much better position. I wonder if this is kind this could this result could be good in the context of Edinburgh's overall season because if they say lose to Bordeaux away which is quite a strong chance they might yeah and then the middle fixtures are against I don't know well, yeah I don't know <laughs> but I mean it, it wouldn't be the end of the world if Edinburgh wasps. gets a wasps oh yeah that's quite difficult I know I'm going to the wasps game at Cov oh yeah in the arena. nice um but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, I think, if Edinburgh were like, right, we can't qualify. We don't, you know, it's going to be really difficult to qualify. So we'll put out a second string and then you can focus just on the league. Yeah, it's an interesting. Brian Moore did that piece in the, cha- in the Telegraph yeah. this week where he was like, what is the point of the Challenge Cup? Because mm. essentially most teams don't care about it at this stage. And I think teams only care about it once they get into the knockout stages because they're like, definitely. Oh, actually, maybe it'd be quite nice yeah, to have a trophy. It's a good chance. Yeah. To- like three um, games away from some silverware. And obviously, when, cause when Edinburgh got to the final, was it maybe like three, four years ago? Lost to Harlequins? Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah. You only kind of you kind of got into it. Didn't they play the final at Kingsholm? Potentially. How did they allow that to happen? <laughs> but look, I think it's a bit disappointing. It was a pretty turgid affair. Yeah. Mm. Edinburgh um, to Munster on Friday night. Yeah. Back I think it could have been as well, program. like I just... Edinburgh have been kind of middling this, like good and bad this season. Yeah. And be quite a good game to win and just build a bit of confidence to, you know, to take forward into 
yeah. that monster match. Just get some good momentum going. I, feel, I, feel, I still feel like whenever I look at the Edinburgh team sheet, it changes so much week to week that, and I, obviously the rotation is part of that, but still don't feel like Cockrell sort of knows his first team. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see, to, you know, when Edinburgh gets to a point where they're just putting out their best 15. I think a few players are nailed on, but it feels there's like a lot the, of change. It feels like in the back line, we've still not solved the Hickey Van der Vault equation. No, and I just, I don't think it helps that they seem to alternate yeah. matches every week. I think I got the impression that that, Bordeaux, that team that went out against Bordeaux was pretty close to. I'd say, yeah, I thought. It maybe was... Darcy Graham would come in, but Sao has started very well. Darcy yeah. Graham, obviously back rule. Don't know. Would you put? You probably have when Watson's back. He'd obviously come in ahead yeah. of like Crosby. Mm. Barkley potentially could have, would have come in, um, but no, I don't think it'd be that many. Front changes. five is not going to change very much. Yeah, maybe Bergen. Probably not. Yeah. Well, Nell, and then when Nell as well. So yeah, they're still bringing back a few of the. We're naming Scotland players that were away all summer, mm. so they're still dropping yeah. a few back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we good should see, yeah, good to see the likes of Kinghorn back as well, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, let's go and try some fun. Right. Well, we will be back next week to talk about how... I got uh, a quiz. ...they got on. I was about to say that. Oh, right. I thought jump, you were saying... Jumping the gun. I thought you were ending the episode. No, I was about to bridge. All oh, right. Sorry, I've ruined your bridge. Witness me bridge. Ruin your bridge. We'll be back to see how they got on against the Irish provinces, Munster and Leinster next week. But to finish off, Alan, it's been a wee... We've been in a dry patch, yeah, quiz-wise. We had a quiz this season. I don't think so. I've been lazy. Well, no. that's not surprising. <laughs> well, it's great to, great to have one back. Take if us through. You are, I'm going to just do a very simple, who am I? Oh, oh I like who okay, am I? It's like very it. good. So, kick things off. My final start for Scotland was against South Africa in 2010. <laughs> Bloody hell. And you can chuck, you can have a, a guess, a guess around. Nicky Walker. No. <laughs> Um, to the Springbok killer. The Springbok. Simon Daniele. No. Give you a second one. Daniele went to the 2011. My nephew is Darcy Grimm. My nephew? My nephew is Darcy Grimm. Is Scott McLeod? It is Scott McLeod. I didn't actually know that they were uh, related. In which case it was a very good guess. (laughs) Well, chose, chose a Hoyk international. He's, really. from, yeah, he's from Hoyk. <coughs> There's a great article about Scott McLeod in the rugby paper where he like didn't really play rugby that much until he was 20. He played like basketball, netball or something. Yeah, basketball. Yeah. And then he went down to play for a team called the Hoyk Trades, which was a social team. And in the article, he says, me and my mate were parked up in a Ford Fiesta before training. And I said, do you fancy it? And he said, nah. So we went back to the con- <laughs> conservative club where we'd been playing snooker and had a couple of more pints. The coach then asked us to come back the next week and I put my boots on. <laughs> That's great. One of, my, one of my favorite Scott McLeod memories is in one of the Edinburgh Glasgow matches when he had that massive fight with Chris Lazaro. Yes. And they both got red carded. I do remember that, yeah. Apparently, I can't remember who told me, someone told me that Chris Lazaro was apparently like on the bench, so fired up, and he was saying, "If I get on, I'm going to punch someone." He was like, two, and everyone was like, "What are you talking about?" And he was like, "He was like, I, I just know I am. Like, I'm so fired up." So it goes on, decides to pick on Scott McLeod, and I think Scott McLeod battered him. Big old boy, Scott McLeod. <laughs> yeah, big old boy. Okay, Matt, number two. I was born the 29th of March, 1976. Uh. Um. <laughs> Gary Armstrong. Nope. That's a bad guess. Um, He's older than that. Yeah, I know. That's a really bad guess. Tom Smith. Topical. No. I've played rugby in Scotland, France, England, and Ireland. And Ireland? That's an interesting one. I don't know. I don't know. I've got really, absolutely nothing. Really clear. Ireland's really throwing me. Yeah. I've won League and Cup titles with Gala. <laughs> Gregor Townsend? Nope. Uh, with Gala. Who else played with Gala? I don't know. Silence filling the air. <laughs> <laughs> he has been selected in a British and Irish line squad. Okay. 
Gala lads who played for the Lions. <laughs> don't know. Probably quite bad. It's probably it's quite, quite bad. Quite obvious. I was born in Wagga Wagga. Oh, Nathan Hines. Nathan oh, Hines. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was oh, he, he was brought over Lancer, to get yeah yeah I didn't get that he was brought over be a lot of just sh- to play for Gala like he wasn't yeah, brought yeah, over yeah. as like a pro and I was like this guy's quite sweet yeah um, there will be a lot of people who have been screaming at their podcast I don't know like I think that. it was actually- ah, it's quite tough yeah I decided- 1976 I just I can't like my I can't process that no that is fair. The Gordy Reid story has just gone on the offside line with the headline, Gordy Reid gets no thanks for house fire heroics. <laughs> Jeez. I think it's beyond the guy not being, not being grateful. <laughs> no, why is nobody asking the question of why the guy is run away exactly. and not to be seen? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, and the last one. So it's 2-0. Yeah. So when this, play, when this player retired, he was Scotland's most capped player ever. Okay. Born in Edinburgh in 1964. 1964. He played for one club his whole career (laughs) (laughs) and went on two Lions tours. Um, Playing twice in 1989. Against Australia, and sixty-five times for Scotland. Sixty-five times. I've got absolutely nothing here. Is it Gav? Gav is incorrect. Scott Hastings. David <laughs> boy, well done. <laughs> I only deal in one Scottish family. <laughs> That's great. Well, I like who well I Very. Yeah. I mean. Obviously, my knowledge of Scottish rugby is pretty shallow. Anyway, once, once you take me outside of the years in which I was born, <laughs> I mean, I'm in all kinds of trouble. I love the knowledge the birth, of Scott the birthdays. Yeah, yeah, the birthdays story. It's really I, hard. I can't believe knows Scott McLeod's Darcy Graham's uncle. I mean, to be fair, in a hoike. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a <laughs> fishing in a small. It's not pool too many degrees of separation in old hoike. Uh, and they're all playing for the th- cousin. Yeah. And what's so amazing with hoike and gala is like. When you like read an article about it, it's like Hoik actually has like four rugby teams. Like has like Hoik YM, has Hoik Wanderers, has Hoik, and then has like another one. Gala has Gala Gala YM, yeah, and Gala, yeah. Gala Red Triangle. You're like, what? <laughs> Should they all play for the same team? Like, yeah, I, I know. There must be so many people we want to play though. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. I think they've tried to merge Gala and Gala YM before, haven't they? And yeah, just, and I think it was, a com- the, the hate, oh, it was like a bloodbath. The hatred is too oh strong. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I think Hoik's got some vertical integration, but yeah. Well, we can pour over why the border reserves didn't work another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the team that, doesn't even work in a city. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> unite the one, city. Hashtag unite the city. Hashtag unite the yeah. city. <laughs> Maybe that's where they need the hashtag unite yeah. the city. Yeah. God. <laughs> right. Wow. That, that'll. Thanks, well, lads. Cool. That was Cheers. fun. Cheers. See ya. See ya.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.